0: another episode of Saturday the 14th! Yay! Welcome back!
1: We're excited to talk about a classic with you today. Yeah
0: we're actually doing kind of a two-parter and up front I want to say that we gave you some misinformation at the end of the last (laughs) episode. Yeah
1: um I think I will take the blame for that because I'm pretty sure that was my B but I think we both truly believed that
0: the remake was by Rob Zombie. Yeah and I think I, I came to realize that what it is is that I just associate like the Firefly family movies so hard with like um like House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, uh, Devil's Rejects. I associate those movies so hard with The Hills Have Eyes that I just assumed he did all of them. I've never seen any of them, and I know
1: that he did, like, the uh, Halloween remake. I associate, like, very bloody, violent remakes. I'm like, oh, it's either, like, Rob Zombie... Or it's gonna be uh, Eli Roth, <laughs> who I love dearly. Yeah. If I see like a really bloody, gory remake, most of the time, like those are the two people who come to mind for me as people who are currently making violent movies who have like a name associated with it.
0: Yeah, honestly, I'm the same way. If they're like, "Oh, somebody eats somebody," I'm like, "Oh, that's probably a Rob Zombie movie." Exactly. Like, it seems so, likely.
1: Um, it's kind of in theme with things that he's done, but it is not him.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's actually a French guy named Alexandre Aja. I did not look up how to pronounce that guy's last name. I'm
1: not 100% sure. That sounds about right. I know his family, He's he's not technically French. A lot of his family is actually from the northern part of Africa, which is why this was filmed in Morocco, or at least one of the reasons.
0: Counterpoint. He is a white guy with family from Algeria, which means if you go back a little farther past the Algeria, French, he probably yes. is just friends. Yeah. And then um, his father
1: was born in Algeria. His mother's family is from Cairo originally. Right, so he's cool. part Egyptian. And then his wife... Um, is from is a Moroccan filmmaker so she's Moroccan cool so there's a lot of northern Africa brought into his life which is what he tried to bring into the hills have eyes a little bit which is kind of cool
0: that's cool also I'm looking this up and seeing that his actual last name is not actually Aja that is because his full name is Alexandra Joan Arcady oh which is A-J-A oh
1: that's funny yeah I like that so it's
0: a pseudonym That's awesome. So I don't care if I pronounced it wrong because it's made up.
1: But of course the original movie not the remake was by
0: Wes Craven. Of course the great Wes Craven. I didn't
1: actually realize this was a Wes
0: Craven movie until. I don't think I did either. It's real early days Wes Craven. It's
1: super early
0: yeah um and you can kind of tell that it's not
1: great the original one. It's
0: a classic and I get that but like yeah I don't know I was like kind of let down at the end of it. I was like oh it that's it? It's over? That's
1: okay. I think he definitely grew into his own. And I do think this movie pushed some boundaries when it first came out. Definitely. And all that, but, yeah. you
0: know. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised because normally I don't expect to like prefer like, a 2000s and mid-2000s remake. Um, I love the mid-2000s. I mean, I did too, but I'm never, like, very rarely am I like, wow, this movie made in 2006 is so much better than the version that was made in the 70s. Like, that's never true. true. But in this one, I think both of us are in agreement that it is better. I
1: think it is, honestly. And I read a lot of articles online that agreed with that point, too.
0: Yeah, there's parts of it that I was like, oh, I don't know if we needed to do that. Well, there's really just one part. There's uh, also, yeah, um, up top, there is... I mean, I'm sure that you guys probably know. In The Hills Have Eyes, there is sexual assault happening. Uh, so if that is not your jam, don't watch it. Don't check it out. Once uh, in the skip it. Once in the old one, kind of twice in the second one. Yeah. Very close to each other, though. So yeah. if you just fast one forward big that scene. whole scene, you'll get the idea of what happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's also super violent. It is super violent. The original, less so. But actually, like, there are a couple scenes where I was like, more so than in the new one. Yeah. Because, like, in the new one, you see a guy's, like, face get blown off. And, like, yeah, but you kind of expect that. Meanwhile, you see, like, a very, like, realistic, like, broken ankle that's been ripped open in the old one. That one, I was like, oh, God, that looks horrible.
0: Yeah. It's kind of interesting how, like... You almost, like, prime yourself to, like, expect really horrifying, over-the-top things from more recent horror movies. Yeah. And when, like, something older really pulls off a special effect, you're like, oh, shit! Like, it gets you so much more, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. So do we want to talk about the original Hills Have Eyes? Yeah. So, as we said, this was directed, written, and
1: edited by Wes Craven, and the original did come out in 1977.
0: And uh, it stars Susan Lanier.
1: I have no idea. Here's the
0: thing. So, in New Hampshire, there are a lot of like French families because we're right by Montreal. So, like, half of the kids that I went to school with had like French last names, but like no one in New Hampshire pronounces them correctly. So, like, every time I look at that, I'm like, that's Susan Lanier because that's how everyone would have said it like in my high school. So, I don't know if that's how you're supposed to I say it. I only know like
1: two people who have French last names that actually pronounce it in the French way. And the same, like, I have a Polish last name. I don't pronounce it in the Polish way because it looks completely different.
0: So I'm gonna say maybe it's Susan Lanier, cool. So Susan Lanier, Robert Houston, Martin Speer, D Wallace, and Michael Berryman.
1: and this movie was actually made for a pretty small budget.
0: Yeah, uh, I couldn't get an exact number, but somewhere between thirty five and seventy thousand dollars. so under a hundred k. yeah, so pretty low budge. um but it did well. yep made
1: twenty five million dollars.
0: Nothing to sneeze at,
1: not at all,
0: no. Um, it's also a shorter movie. I yeah, noticed. it's not super long.
1: It's about an hour and a half, including credits. Which
0: honestly, I respect
1: that. Yeah, it's do nice. what you gotta do and get. The out. ending's really quick. Like, yeah, almost a little bit too quick. But as a movie, it has a nice, quick pace, which is great. It, it's it's does. not like uh, when we watched. Oh God, Amityville Horror.
0: Oh my God! And I was like, it's on
1: forever and ever. <laughs> get and out ever. of the
0: house! It's all of your fault. Just leave. <laughs> And actually, in this movie, it is also all the family's fault. Yes. Uh, which is a big difference from the first to the remake. And so what we're going to do here is we're not going to walk you through, like, the whole plot of the first one and then the whole plot of the remake, because it's almost the same movie. There are differences, but, like, it's very close.
1: And there actually is some of those exact same lines used. Yeah, like, which I like. Like, um, Bobby makes the same, like, you know what Freud would say about your fixation with rattlesnakes. Yeah.
0: I really like how close they kept it in a lot of places. Yeah. Um...
1: What they did do, though, is they did change the background. They changed some key plot points. Yeah, and then
0: they add, like, a fairly large scene, like, a very important scene, actually, towards the end in the second one. So, basically, we'll walk you through the original, and then we'll kind of talk about what they added on or what they changed for the remake. So, don't worry, you don't have to listen to, like, two hours of us explaining the concept of a movie.
1: (laughs) Unless you really want to, in which case, we can go on and on about this maybe forever and ever
0: but if you really want to listen to that maybe just put it at like half the speed and then just we'll we'll talk very slowly like, <laughs> people to you perfect um so we start off with um fred who is the owner of a little gas station uh whose sign indicates that it is a hundred two hundred miles away from the next gas station yeah um and he is talking with this young girl who looks real dirty and kind of gross, and her name is Ruby. And she's talking about trying to trade some
1: things for him because she needs some stuff to eat. I um, know she says she has, like, whiskey and some other non-edible thing at the house. Yeah, they had, like, bandages and whiskey or yeah. something like
0: that. And she's like, will you help us? And he's like, no, I'm getting out of here. And she's like, great, take me with you, please. And he's like, no, first off, your dad will kill you. Second off, your dad will probably kill me if he finds out that I'm trying to leave, but I gotta go. Yep. And she's really mad. And so she runs back inside uh, because a big old caravan pulls up, a station wagon, and an Airstream trailer. Yep. Yeah, which contain the Carter family, who are two parents, um, Bob and Ethel. Yep. Their two children. Three children. Their three children. um, Bobby, Bobby, Brenda,
1: and and Lynn. Lynn,
0: yes. And Lynn's husband, Doug, and then their baby. Catherine, Catherine, which is a very adult name for a baby, and I, I know, respect that.
1: I don't know. I always just wanted her to be Katie. Like, yeah. I guess my mom always loved calling me Madeline, so like, I get it.
0: It's kind of funny to call like a child by an adult's name. I wonder if my parents ever called me Margaret when I was a baby, because that's like a middle-aged woman name. I think it's fitting. You're kind of a middle-aged woman. I kind of am, but I wasn't when I was a baby. I assume I like baby things. I don't know. I think you've just always been a middle-aged I didn't, woman. And like come out of the womb being like, "I want to see a 1930s romantic comedy." You came out of the womb with knitting needles and hand. <laughs> God, my poor mother. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Um, so they are traveling from Ohio to Los Angeles. But you forgot the two most important members of the family. Maggie. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Those would be Beauty and the Beast, which are the two beautiful German Shepherds. They are
0: big boys. And they are, well, a big boy and a big girl. Yes. And they are not well behaved and impossible to keep on a leash. Not in.
1: They are not well
0: behaved in the same way. They're just else. constantly running away. But they love their family they as do. much as they try and run away from them. Yeah. So they're talking to Fred about how they are driving from Ohio to Los Angeles and Fred's like, why are you here? It's supposed to be like in New Mexico, basically, is the incl- is the um, something like that.
1: And it seems like they've gone way out of their way. Um, because this the dad Big Bob, he, they call him Big Bob in the remake. And this it's Bob and Bobby, which is not easy to remember, necessarily. But Bob, the dad, is
0: about how he really wants to see this mine. A silver mine. Yeah. and they're Because like... it's, okay, weirdest part, it's their silver anniversary, which is your 25th anniversary. These people have been married for 25 years, and they have, like, a fully grown adult family. Like, their daughter looks like she is, like, 32. I think she's supposed to probably be around, like, 25 or something like I that. I guess. That is one thing that bothered me that they kept the same in the sequel, because that woman looks like she is in her mid-30s i would say late 20s still not 25 or
1: under that's true especially with the
0: uh with the baby and and the the husband husband. and it's like i get it in the 70s like people married younger and had kids younger but like by 2006 being married for 25 years and having an adult child and a grandchild feels like a stretch to me it does the grandchild for the record is not adult no she's a baby yes yeah
1: um but so, yeah, he wants to see this silver mine. And Fred's like, no, don't do that. Don't go that way.
0: He's like, it's not even there anymore. Don't do it.
1: There's no silver there. It's no. just it's an old man in mine, but there's no silver. Yeah. And Bob is very stubborn. Yeah, he's, like, I'm he's gonna an do asshole. It. I'm...
0: He's the worst. He sucks. Dude, the family sucks in the original. Yeah. Honestly, they're terrible, and I'm glad that they die. Me too. Well, some of them. Some of them die.
1: But so um, he tells them that they should stay on the main road, don't go off, and... Bob doesn't like that plan.
0: No, because Bob's a bitch, and he doesn't like being told what to do. Yeah, and I do like the line
1: that Fred says um, to Bob. He's like, that way there are only animals. Which is more
0: true than you would think. I know. So they're like, never mind you, man who knows this area. Us, strangers from another part of the country, can definitely figure out how to handle this situation. And
1: so they go off and they leave. And like almost immediately after they leave, you see someone like in the background running around. At the gas station, and then like a minute later, the truck
0: explodes. Yeah. So Fred's not going anywhere. Fred's truck, not the family's truck. Yeah. Fred is stuck at that gas station.
1: Yep. In the meantime, the Carters they are driving along on this old dirt road
0: that Bob has insisted they take. Oh my god! And they're like all very stupid and annoying in the car. So and like it is. They have this paper map, and the mom's like, I think this blue road here is where we are. And the daughter's like, this is not on that map. Like, almost definitely not She's on like, that map. like,
1: it's not a blue line.
0: It's a dashed line if it's even on this map. And then, like, they keep getting buzzed by, like, so, testing, like, planes that are being tested. Yeah,
1: the area in which they're driving is used as a place to drop bombs for the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Like, they're dropping things. So, like, they keep having these huge loud noises, which is distracting them and, like, causing And they're, issues. like, throwing
0: the map around. Yeah. Like, the reason that they get into trouble is because, like, the map gets, like, chucked in front of Bob's face. And, like, also Bob is, like, getting angry at the family, so he puts
1: his, like, literal foot down, like, all the way, so he's going as fast as he can in this car. And they
0: have a trailer attached to the back of them, and a baby! His grandbaby yeah. is in the car, and it's 1977, so they don't have car seats, so she's just sort of bopping around, screaming her head off. Yup.
1: So, obviously, they crash. Yeah, so they crash, and they break an axle on the car.
0: Yeah. It's rough stuff. It's hard to, you know, total your car when you're in the middle of nowhere, because Um, you're a stupid idiot who couldn't figure out how to drive or follow directions.
1: Luckily, everyone is okay. No one got hurt in the crash, except for the car. And so Brenda, I think it is, asks, like, so what do we do now? And Bob's like, well, we walk. Yeah. And so Bob volunteers, he's going to walk back to the gas station and try and get a phone call and get, like, someone to
0: come help out. Right. And Doug was going to go investigate a different area. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, Big Bob is like, okay, Bobby, you're in charge now, even though his adult wife is still there and Bobby is the youngest member of the family.
1: Yeah, is he actually in this though? Because he looked like he was like the same age as Brenda. That's a
0: good point. They might be remake.
1: He definitely was the youngest. Yeah,
0: I think he and Brenda are either like very similar in age. They could even be twins. twins. They look really similar. Yeah, but he's definitely not older than his His older sister or his mother. Yep. But they all like they're kind of eating out and hanging out at the place, and they're talking about snakes and. Why his mom is obsessed with snakes and he makes a crack, like you said, about Freud. Um, And there's also a very disturbing exchange here where they're talking about the dogs. And his mom, like, makes a joke or, like, laughs about how Beast... They're talking about, like, oh, Beast never barks. Beauty barks before she gets, like, to her prey. But Beast never barks until he gets to his prey. Whatever, whatever. And they talk about how Beast... They got in trouble because Beast mauled and killed a poodle. And they had to, like, they're joking about, like, oh, then wasn't it inconvenient? We had to pay the vet bills for, like, a dead poodle. Your dad was so mad. What? I actually completely missed that conversation. It's fucked up. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these people are not cool people. They are lunatics. Like, they're just as creepy as, well, not just as creepy, but they're, like, not good people. yeah So it's established that these are, like, somewhat dangerous dogs. And well-trained in that regard. And the dad is a cop specifically a racist cop because he drops the n-word while he's talking about like the people that he got i guess threatened by or whatever in new york and he's like now i'm out here and i have to deal with this stuff and i do think this actually fits in really well to the fact that this is a 1970s horror movie like you
1: don't want people that you don't like to live in these movies very often that's
0: true so it definitely does kind of like make it easier when they're assholes like immediately yeah but the dad sucks dude oh yeah also they established that he has a heart problem and he's still like i'll just walk five miles back to those 15
1: miles you're he right said. it was farther yeah because yeah. he
0: told doug walk five miles and then turn around and come back because
1: he wanted him back earlier yeah and he was gonna walk the 15 miles one way mm-hmm.
0: and then get the car or whatever and drive back mm-hmm. um not a good idea obviously this is a terrible idea um so but bob heads back the dogs freak out They're barking at the hills. Yeah,
1: and then Beauty actually gets loose off of her chain. Also, these are like the shittiest chains ever Yeah, these people
0: are not responsible dog owners at all. This is why that
1: poodle got killed. Exactly. And so Beauty runs off into the hills, and Bobby sees this happening. He's trying to, like, race and catch up and everything. Um, And he is much slower than his
0: very in-shape German Shepherd. Yeah, and he's, like, jumping up the rocks and stuff like that. And so he gets up to the top. And he keeps, like, hearing weird noises and stuff like that, and he he thinks he hears somebody up there, and he gets to the top of the little hill, and it's her body. Like, that has been,
1: like, gutted. Yeah. Which, fun fact, is a real dead dog. Uh... Supposedly, the, um... Wes Craven said that they did not kill the dog, but it was a real dead dog. They said... He's been
0: very cagey about where the dog came from.
1: I think his quote was something along the lines of... We bought a dead dog from the country, and let's just leave it at that.
0: I want to know... I don't know if I want to know more. I don't want to know more. Part of me is like, what happened, and why won't you talk about it? And then the other part is like, I don't want to know a story about a dead dog. Does he even know? That's a good point. He might not know.
1: But yeah. um, Anyway, so I was not looking very closely in the scene because I had no desire to see a
0: dead dog. No, dude, they could have absolutely not used a real dead dog, and no one would have known. But they did, so points for realism. It's probably cheap.
1: Yeah, in comparison, I guess. I don't know how much do dead dogs go for.
0: I fortunately we'll never know that. Same. So, um, so he like freaks out and he runs away, and while he's running back down, um, he trips and falls and hits his head on the rocks, and he knocks himself out. Yeah. So, to be honest, he should not be able to, like, function for the rest of this movie. Because he knocks himself unconscious for, like, hours. He should have a horrible sunburn. Probably sunstroke. Yeah, no one in this movie gets sunburned. They don't drink enough water. They
1: don't. I'm actually curious. Because they're wearing, like, long sleeves for the majority of it. Like, it could have been, like, we uh, I don't know, the desert in California or Nevada or something like that during, like, winter months. But it's still sunny in the winter. Well, but she's wearing
0: like um, Brenda's wearing like shorts and a halter top. Yeah, but the mom's
1: wearing like a sweater and jeans. That's true. He's wearing like
0: long sleeves and long
1: pants at night. He he's
0: wearing shorts during the day. Yeah, I got nothing for you, but it's very unrealistic. I guess at night it's cold in the desert, so that's that's true. Um, so they are just like I guess just all of the men have left, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, it is the three women and the baby. And they try to get through uh, to somebody else on the CB radio, which they have.
1: Yeah, and they just hear, like, weird heavy breathing on it. Yeah. And And they get a little unnerved, and and, and there's a joke about how, like, well, if a wild animal has learned how to use this radio, like, we're all fucked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they don't get anywhere with that, except for being like, ugh, that's gross.
1: And at some point... uh. Brenda hears something outside of the trailer, so she goes out and is, like, looking around, and there's a really stupid jump scare where Bobby shows back up. Yeah. It's, like, a loud noise in, like,
0: Bobby's face. It isn't even a really good jump scare. No, it's just it's, a really loud noise in Bobby's face. It's just Sudden face. Bobby. Yep. Um, Band name he Sudden does, Bobby. <laughs> he doesn't tell them anything about the dog. He's just like, let's go back inside right now. And so they do. Yeah. And then we go to Fred's Oasis, which is the gas station, where Bob is now. Yep, and Bob got there. Good he for did. him, man. And he walks in, and um, he catches Fred trying to kill himself. Yeah, he gets, like,
1: scared, um, and he, like, shoots through a door or something like that, mm. because he hears
0: something and gets freaked out, and then he opens the door and sees Bob, like, hanging, and he saves him. And then the weirdest part of this interaction is that he's like, what are you doing? And Fred goes, oh, I thought you were someone else. Which makes sense in full context, but he doesn't ask that many follow-up he questions does not, afterwards. No. To be fair, he
1: doesn't have that much time. because they That's started... true. He does actually give a lot of that context, though, because he starts talking about his true. son. And this is where we get the backstory of the people
0: who are living in the hills. So the fun fact of this is that this is more or less all Fred's fault because it's his family. Yes. Fred had a wife. At one point, they had a child together. They actually had two children together. They had a beautiful daughter, and then not
1: long after, a son.
0: Yes. Who was very, very hairy. Yeah, which is
1: weird. And he apparently was a 20 pound baby Oof. who came out sideways and, like, killed his mom in Obviously, childbirth. that's yes. not, you can't
0: live through that. That's no, not definitely a possible not. thing. Um, and so then, like, one day he comes home and he finds, like, the house. Like, he kills his sister so Burns first he started down, like killing her?
1: livestock and like yeah eating like pulling the heads off chickens and drinking the blood from it and then he leaves one day. he comes home the entire house is burnt down mm-hmm. and the sister is like burnt to a crisp he said like yeah. he called her like a, cri- a cinder when he got there yeah but only his
0: son is still standing
1: and, and he is 100 percent convinced it was the son's fault and so he hit the son in the face with a tire iron mm-hmm. which uh split his face open yeah and then he ran off to the hills and he kind of banished him to the hills
0: Yeah, and so then he married a sex worker, not the dad, the son, Jupiter is his name. Yep. Uh, He marries a sex worker from out, I guess, near the mine or whatever, uh, and they have a bunch of uh, terrifying children. Yeah, in this scene, we don't actively learn all the names of the children, but we'll share them with you so that
1: way you can keep afloat of everything going on in the future. Yeah,
0: so there's Pluto, Mars, Ruby, and Mercury. Yes. Yes. Three boys, and Ruby's the only girl. Yes. Uh, And Ruby inexplicably was not named after a celestial body or a roman god but that's fine yeah they i guess ran out of ideas i do enjoy that ruby in the remake is wearing like a
1: red colored sweatshirt so yeah. it's very like thematic of her name yeah i do like that she steals it It's look
0: fashionable she looks great um and so she's like he's like yeah so there are a whole lot of bad news um they eat people and they steal shit and that's what's happening um and then there
1: but in the middle of this conversation, it's just, like, everything seems fine. But then Jupiter just, like, bursts through the window and grabs Fred. Like, it's yeah. very out of nowhere. And it, it is a good surprise. It was a good
0: surprise, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bob is like, what the fuck is going on? Jupiter kills Fred. Um, and he, like, pins him to the inside of a door or something like that. Yeah, that actually really reminded me of some of the deaths in Friday uh, the 13th. Friday the Thirteenth, And then in Halloween, when, when uh, he kills the boyfriend after like when he goes oh, down yeah, to get in the beer yeah. and he sticks him to the door mm-hmm. and he like looks at him it was very similar like to that it's like that same thing and I feel like you don't see it that much after like the 70s and 80s mm might have just been done
1: a lot in the 70s. I guess. It's just 80s. so funny
0: that it shows up in so many, like, early important horror movies. And then it sort of didn't really come back. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Bob finds that. He's like, oh, God. And so he starts running away. Yeah. He is eventually uh, picked up by Jupiter, though. Because he has a heart attack while he's trying to run. Because he has a heart problem, because don't send the guy with the heart problem to walk 15 miles by himself.
1: Yeah, and uh, might get a little
0: stressed out there. Yeah, especially when there are cannibals It's around. amazing he even made it that far. But whatever. Uh, so he gets picked up and taken back. So um, back
1: at the trailer, Bobby... Goes outside and he noticed that beasts has now also gotten away. Leash
0: your dogs, ladies and gentlemen. Well, he did, it and
1: there was like, it was a chain. It was just a shitty chain. Like, like the link broke. If you know or something, your dogs
0: are strong,
1: then maybe get a better quality leash. You would think so, man. You'd think so. You also wouldn't think that urban shepherds necessarily want to run after, I guess actually they do want to run after everything, huh? Yeah, it's that's kind pretty of normal. Their thing, yeah. Um, but so as Bobby's outside, Doug comes back to the camp. And they go inside the trailer, and they're chatting, and Bobby's like, please sleep in the trailer. And Doug's like, nah, I'm gonna sleep in the station wagon. And because, like, Bobby's freaked out because he saw Beauty, like, like cut open. And he doesn't want to tell anyone, though.
0: Right. And... Doug just comes strolling back with like a bunch of rando shit that he found out in the middle of nowhere and he's like, I'm gonna go fuck your sister in a station wagon in the middle of the desert. That was so weird. With your whole family right there and your dad might come back at any point. And like in time? the
1: babies in the trailer, and like there's weird no shit. privacy. No. And they just start like, yeah, fucking in the desert. They have
0: a whole on sex scene. Not a whole on sex scene, but like there's more of a real, sex like, scene like, than you would. Or like
1: that.
0: No, not really. But more than you expect. Yeah. Um, So Bobby's, like, freaking out because he's like, oh, God, what's happening? And then he thinks he hears Beast. So he's like, I'm going to go outside. And he's also really anxious because the dad has not come back yet. And so he's talking to Doug about it. And Doug's like, okay, well, like, if your dad doesn't come back by midnight, come and get me. And then we'll go and look for him together. And so he's, like, counting down the seconds until midnight.
1: So, but, yeah, he goes outside because he thinks he hears Beast. And he realizes he's not out there. So he goes to go back into the trailer. But the door's locked. He's trying to get in.
0: And he can't. And we right. see the reason why is, is it, because Pluto is in there. Pluto is the, I guess, the youngest son of Papa Jup, Papa Jupiter. He is the one who is on the poster for yeah. the uh, 1977 version. He is played by Michael Berryman, and he is the only one in this version who has any kind of deformity, and that is because Michael um, Berryman has actual like birth like defects, or I don't know what specifically they're called, but like a, a condition that makes him. Unusual looking. Yeah. And so and he also makes his. him completely hairless, too. Yeah, and has no sweat glands. Oh. So that was an issue during the filming of oh, this I movie. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. 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 so Pluto's in there, and he's like... He seems a little confused about what he's supposed to do, honestly. He's like... He seems surprised when Bobby tries to get back into the trailer. Like, shit, like, what do I do now? So he just sort of waits. And meanwhile... Um, and everyone else in the trailer is, like, asleep. Yeah. And so, um...
1: But Bobby, not knowing this is the case, he goes over to Doug to get his keys and interrupts the sexy times happening there.
0: Yeah. And Doug's like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, more important things are happening than you trying to fuck my sister right now.
1: Yeah. And so, and he tells them actually about finding beauty to like get them to fucking like take it seriously. This
0: scene is so bad. <laughs> like, oh my God. is the worst acting I've ever who seen. Plays Bobby is not like, bless his heart. He is not good at being like. A fake scared, like that, like scared uh, like <laughs> cry thing. It's like very like I saw the just ripped. It. Like it's just it's so obnoxious. <laughs> and like while watching the sequel or the remake, I was just struck by how much I appreciated Dan Bird not doing any of that insane shit with his See, face. I watched just...
1: the remake first because it was a lot easier to find online. Yeah, actually. Um, it was in a lot of places. While well, the only place I could watch the original was on Hulu, but. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And I did not know to expect such an overdramatic... Oh, my God. It's insane. Acting. And they're like, why didn't you fucking tell us that she was, like, killed up there? And he's not 100% clear on that. Um, And then,
1: while they're having this conversation, either Mars or Pluto radios to Jupiter. Yeah. To uh, light the fire. Yes. And they set Big Bob... On fire. Yes. Bob is
0: basically crucified. On, like, a Joshua tree. Yes. And is just being completely set on fire. Yeah, and so that explosion happens and everyone runs out to see that. And at this point, Mars and Pluto are both inside the trailer. Well, Mars was on top of the trailer when I think he was the one who radioed. Yeah. Um, And then he, like, jumps down and goes in. He does. um,
1: And when... Like, Doug goes in to, like, grab the family and go, and he's like, Brenda, and she doesn't answer, and so he's like, take care of the baby. So Brenda and the
0: baby are in the trailer. And the reason that Brenda doesn't answer is because Pluto hid in her bunk when the rest of the family woke up, and he is on top of her with his hand over her mouth. Mm -hmm. And so they're just like, you watch the baby, and she is like, in very serious danger, and they leave her behind completely. Yep,
1: and then Mars comes into the trailer, and this is probably my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Definitely my least favorite part of the movie. Um, because there is a rape scene here, yeah. and it's not fun to watch. No, it's even worse in the. Yeah, se- in it's the way remake. worse in the remake. Um but it's still not great. No. Um and it looks like originally Pluto wants to do that and then Mars like pulls him off of him and is like, nah, you gotta be a man to be able to do that and then he does it instead.
0: Yeah. And it's fucked up. So then Pluto's on that and he's like trashing the kitchen and he, he throws like a his Mars of the kitchen. bites the head off of a bird and drinks its blood. At some point. It's yeah. really fucked up. Um so the family is outside and they're freaking out and like crying and like the mom can't like she's like this is not my bob it's not my bob it's not my bob and i mean the carters do eventually put out the fire um but
1: bob dies pretty quickly after
0: yeah and while they're dealing with that they hear a scream from the uh trailer and they're like oh shit so they run back there and basically what happens at this point is that everyone runs back in tries to save Brenda. And while that is happening. Well, for some reason, the guys are like far behind. Like yeah. Lynn and Ethel. Um, That's like, so a book at back. Ethel is the mom's mm-hmm. name. Yeah.
1: Lynn and Ethel, they get in first. And yes. um, Lynn gets like held down or something by Mars. And Ethel, the mom, comes in with a broom. And she just like whaps him on the head with
0: the broom. And then gets shot in the chest. And yeah, and then immediately gets shot in the chest. And then not long after that, um, while she's trying to keep Catherine, the baby, from being taken. Uh, Lynn is also shot. There is a great scene where Brenda, like, notices these scissors on the ground, like, slides into Lynn,
1: and Lynn, like, stabs him in the legs. Yeah. And Mars is wounded in the leg for the rest of it, which comes into handy in a fight later on. It does, but unfortunately, it's not enough to save Lynn. No, and so both Lynn and Ethel... Lynn dies immediately, Ethel dies very slowly.
0: Yeah, and so the guys come back, and they're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, like, this is really bad. And the baby's been taken. Yeah, and there's actually a really oddly sweet scene, um between doug and ethel where because doug is the son-in-law and it's like definitely implied that like he doesn't really fit in with the rest of the family like they're very like all american and he's like more of a like city guy and you know um but he comes over to ethel and he's like you know is there anything i can do and she's like where's bob is he back yet and he's like no he's not back quite yet and she's like and everybody else is sleeping and he's like yeah they're sleeping is there anything i can get for you and she's like oh i need more blankets and so she, he, like, puts more blankets on her, and then she dies. Yeah. But it's, like, a sweet, sad last moment. And this is the point where it kind of shifts gears for Doug to be the main character. Yep. Which I kind of like. Um, and so Mars and Pluto head back to their cave.
1: And um, on their way
0: back, they see Mercury, who's been kind of a lookout high up on yeah. a cliff edge. He's, like, very childish even more, I think. I think than the others, he's kind of like got we a. We don't four-year-old. really ever see him much. He's wearing like a feather headdress. Yeah, type he thing. just sort of like jumps up and down and laughs, and he's he's got like a very childlike attitude yeah. to him. But um, they're saying that they're going
1: in, and as they're walking away, they hear something, and Pluto is like, "Oh, I think I heard something," and I think Mars is like, "Nah, don't worry about it." But what he heard is Beast, the lovely, lovely dog Beast, who, I mean, is not a great dog most of the time, but right now is perfect. He's who you want in your corner in this situation. Yes. He actually, like, pounces on Mercury and pushes him off the side of that ledge that he was watching from, and Mercury dies.
0: Yeah, I think the Beast has the highest body count of anyone, of any of the protagonists in this movie. In this version. In this version, I think you're I think right. he does. Um... So they all go, you kind of see, like, back to the cave where the whole family lives. And Mama's there, and she's really drunk. She's drunk for basically the whole movie. She has very few important roles. And she's like, what are you, you too good for dog? You don't like dog now? And Ruby's like, oh, oh. Because Ruby has moral objections to what's happening which is like how did that happen
1: and Ruby is like this very young like attractive looking woman yeah who has just really big poofy hair that's like been like pulled out in weird directions with like way too much pomade in order to make her look like wild
0: yeah and just like some dirt smeared on her but face but other than that
1: she's wearing like a way too short dress that yeah. is like made of furs or something like that it's, it's very real weird. weird she looks like fucking
0: Raquel Welch in 500,000 BC exactly 50,000 BC I think it's 50,000 BC I, whatever that movie is it's ridiculous um so yeah so she has to eat beauty because she's in trouble because she uh she sympathized with the carters and she's like chained up and so it's obvious that like ruby is like the one that everyone shits on in the group like no one likes ruby and she doesn't like them either um so the next morning ethel dies unfortunately it's that sad scene and doug's like hey fuck this i'm gonna go find my daughter so when pluto and mars left the night before mars told Brenda, I'm going to come back for you. And so Brenda is like freaking out at this point. She's been assaulted. She's like terrified. And so they're like, okay, we're going to call for help. We have our CB radio. We're going to connect through to somebody. We're going to figure it out. And so they're trying all the frequencies. And they're like, mayday, mayday. And finally they get something. And they're like, this is a, a an air base or something like that, like a, a US military base. And they're like, amazing. This is exactly what we want. And they're like, okay, we're stuck out here. We're under attack. And they're like, okay, well, How many are there of you right now? And like what reinforcements do you have? And they're like, there's three of us. We have a pistol. Please help. And then the people on the other line start making fun of them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they're like, fuck. It was actually like Pluto on the
0: other line. Yeah. I assume it must be Mars because Pluto doesn't speak You're right; He doesn't speak clearly. super well, yeah. so it probably
1: was Mars. That um, they were all making, like, they didn't see who was talking, but there were like shots of all of them laughing and all of them making fun of them. And they're
0: like, oh, great. We just told them how many of us are still alive and also what our equipment looks like. So that's yeah. just fucking awesome. So Doug's like, I'm out of here. I guess I'll leave the two of you alone, but I'm going to go find my baby.
1: But later that day, Beast does show up with a radio um, or like a walkie talkie type thing. Yeah. And so while the family had accidentally given all their info to the other side, um, they get some info right
0: back because they can hear
1: everyone talking over the radio system.
0: Because Beast, again, and I cannot stress this enough, is the best fucking character in this whole movie. He shows back up on camp and he's like, here is your walkie talkie. I just killed a bunch of people for you thank you he
1: only killed one at this point yeah still and he there are only that's also one of the big differences between this and the other one it's like there are a lot more of like the mutants in the oh yeah way more and this one it's a family with like the dad the mom and four kids so it's literally six people yeah and one of them's dead one of them's been stabbed in the leg one of them's chained up and has a conscience like yeah and mama's not doing shit no at this point, the rest of the movie only takes about, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, it really winds up quickly. So it's all, like, back-to-back-to-back action. And as soon as the action's over, the movie's over. And a bunch of things happen quickly. Um, we're going to try and get them all in the right order. But this might be slightly out of order. But at some point, Beast goes back to go fight for the family again. Yes. And he takes on Pluto. And he ends up, like, breaking Pluto's ankle at some point, And, like, gets him on the ground. And then ends of like going for Pluto's throat so yeah they have, like kills this kills fight yeah. Pluto um then we have um Brenda and Bobby decide to set a trap because they know someone's coming to kill them
0: so so they come up with this idea to lure the remaining members of the family back
1: yeah and so what they do is they take Ethel's body and they put it in a chair with like the blankets over it and everything like, sitting up and she is very dead at this point and they're running a rope around this whole idea is brenda's idea because Mm -hmm. she's a fucking boss she is um and what they end up doing is they put like a rope around the area in front of where you in front of ethel so someone's standing there and then they connect it to like the tire of the car that has like the broken axle Mm -hmm. so that way it'll grab it and pull him and so Jupiter falls for this, and he's standing there, like, staring, like, why did they do this? And they completely said it, it works, but it, like, breaks halfway through. The car's, like, kind of fucked. I think they yeah. also, um, the gas was siphoned out of it earlier on right. in order to burn a uh, Big Bob. Yes. And so, uh, Jupiter starts chasing them, and at some point he, like, gets close to Bobby and he was carrying an ax earlier that he like had dropped. And I think that Brenda goes and she grabs it and she starts like attacking him with the ax. And then, that gets him off of Bobby, and Bobby shoots him, and now yeah. Jupiter is dead. He walks back oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so they do have an explosion. They, like, blow up the airstream. Right. But that doesn't actually kill Jupiter.
0: Right. They have to kill him. Yeah. That's, so they have to he, kill like, him. He, like,
1: survives that, and, yeah. Because they set the trap. They try. Originally, they are going to, like, bring him in and blow it up, and they got him to, like, go into that general area and blow it up, but he didn't actually die, and then they had to, like, fight him with the weapons right, and everything. Yeah. And they do end up killing him, though, and they survive. Yeah. And they're jumping for joy and being very, very happy together. Understandably. Yes. After, um, when Jupiter realized a trap had been set for him, I believe, he like picks up the radio and he says, kill the baby.
0: Yeah. And they're like, ah.
1: And um, Ruby had actually been taking care of the baby because they had given it to her. Um, She was chained up. It's not like she was going anywhere, really. Right. Um, And so Mars gets that call and he's like, cool, I'm going to go kill it. And so he goes to the room. He's like, "It's time to give me the baby." And she was like, "No, no, no!" And then she ends up giving it to him. And he takes it outside and he unwraps the blanket
0: that the baby's in. And it's a baby pig. I don't understand how he did not realize that much earlier on. They're not the smartest family. I guess not. Baby so really, has the baby, the
1: real baby, and yeah. she's running. Yes, she somehow gets out of her chains. I don't ever know how she was let out. Yeah, or not really explained. Not really clear. That's okay. But she gets out and she's running, running, running away. And. Uh, She
0: runs into Doug. Yes. And Doug does not know that Ruby is, like, on his side. So he's like, what the fuck? Give me my baby. And she's like, okay, and hands it to him. Which is a strange interaction, because he's like, oh, thanks? Like, it's a very... You can tell that he's (gasps) like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, he has no idea. (laughs) Um, But then Mars starts catching up to them, and Mars is fucking pissed off. Yep. And so they have this huge-ass fight, and, like, Mars almost kills... um, Doug, but then, like, Ruby intervenes. Yeah, so he's, like, holding
1: Doug down. He keeps trying to stab him, and Doug's, like, half holding him off. But Ruby sees a rattlesnake, and so what she does is she picks it up. i like, good on her for knowing how to pick up a rattlesnake safely. Oh, yeah. Um, and she brings it over, and she puts the rattlesnake on Mars's neck. And, and so the rattlesnake bites him. bites him, and it, uh incapacitates him, and then
0: Doug finishes him off by stabbing him multiple times with a knife. He loses his fucking mind on this guy, which, like, I understand because they were gonna, like, eat his daughter. But, like, he fucking loses his shit, and he's just, like, stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. It's, like, very overkill, and it just ends on just, like, his face with, like, blood all over it. Yep, and that's, like, the movie, and it fades out to red.
1: Yeah, and I guess so those three separate deaths all happened in the last like 15 20 minutes of the movie because I was a like wait. We're
0: fuzzy on when things happen because it's like Pluto dies, Mercury dies, Jupiter dies. Which <laughs> <Like, laughs> just all of them
1: die so quickly back to back. Ruby does not die. Ruby survives. Yeah. Um Brenda, Bobby and Doug and Catherine all survive. And they're
0: still in the middle of nowhere
1: with no way to get anywhere because the gas station is 15 miles away and the
0: car there is blown up.
1: Yeah, and, and the person don't who ran gas. it is dead. Yeah. So I guess they'd probably have to walk back and see if they can, like, hail a car that's passing
0: by. It's a gas station,
1: so they probably sell, like, water. It has, like, running water or something like that. Yeah, maybe a
0: phone or something. Maybe. But or, still, they're not in a great position, but they're in a better position. At least so, there aren't, like, cannibals trying to hunt them. Though mom is still alive. That's true, but she's also, like, implied to be just super drunk all the time. So I don't even know if she's capable of, like
1: yeah i mean also because like you said she was a sex worker who was like kind of abducted by jupiter um because he said like he took one that like no one would miss and so she also
0: like seems to have adjusted to it though because she's like yeah we're gonna eat some baby later on like she's
1: yeah they all get really excited yeah about the baby and eating the fat baby which is really fucking weird but i don't know it also could be like stockholm syndrome or something like that. that's true.
0: All right, so let's get into a little bit about the remake and then the ways in which it differs. So the remake of The Hills Have Eyes was made in 2006. As we mentioned, it was directed by Alexandra Aja, written by him as well as his partner, Gregory Lavasseur. Le- is that how you say that? Lavasseur, yes. Lavasseur. And it stars Aaron Stanford, Kathleen Quinlan, Vanessa Shaw, Emily de Ravine, uh, Dan Bird, Robert Joy, and Ted Levine, who is both um, Buffalo Bill in The Science of the Lambs and uh, Detective Stobelmeier in Monk.
1: Which is definitely where I recognized him from. For half a second I thought he was Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dude, that guy's a pedophile. I heard. Yeah, he's not in yeah. anything anymore. Oh, he's in jail. Sense. Yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't realize that. But I mean, this was two thousand six. I don't know if it had been discovered yet I think in two thousand seven. Okay. I think it was. Okay. I don't know well, when it got Robert. discovered. He's but anyway, I definitely thought it was him for a second. I was like, because I just found that out, like, a couple days before. Mm. And, mm. But so, also, um, Emily de Ravine is, who I got really excited about being, at. she was Claire in Lost, so she was, like, the pregnant girl oh, okay. in Lost, who was, like, in it the entire time. And then she also
0: plays Belle in Once Upon a Time. Dan Bird, who plays Bobby in this, was, I first saw him in uh, a made-for-TV version of Salem's Lot with Rob Lowe. Um, and then he's also in Easy A. He's oh. the, the gay guy that she helps out. Oh,
1: I love that movie. Yeah, so
0: I'm a I'm a big Dan Bird fan. Yeah, so really, like, fun people are in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a good cast. It
1: is a good cast. Um,
0: it did have a bigger budget. It had a budget of about $15 million. But it also
1: made a lot more money. It
0: made almost $70 million. Yeah, so
1: that's a big increase. Yeah, and that's um, just box office, too. That doesn't count, like, I don't know, Bod sales and, uh, like, home entertainment and all that shit, so yeah. good money. Exactly.
0: Uh, so still a, a big success. Um, and it follows a very, very similar plot line.
1: Um, almost all of, like, the big plot points are the same, except for, like, the very beginning, the very end, and, like, the background lore that inspires this
0: movie. So, um, and even even those scenes, they change things in them, but the whole structure is very similar. So we're going to run through a quick list of changes. At the beginning, um, rather than being on their side, Fred, the gas station attendant, um encourages them to take the route that will bring them out to the cannibals i mean even before that we actually see some like
1: scientists who are experimenting in the area because we learned oh, right. that this entire area is actually a nuclear test site yes it's not like air force things dropping bombs that like cover up a lot of the bad shit going on or encourage mm-hmm. people not to go that way like it was heavily tested on and uh caused a lot of issues for the people who were there and yeah. we see some scientists who are like
0: checking out the area get brutally murdered and then first opening scene yes and then we see the same introduction with the family we see the ruby and fred conversation it's very similar um except for again when fred meets the family he sends them into harm's way he tells them it's a shortcut through the desert
1: yep and Um, even then um when the car crashes it's because the mutant family they're not just cannibals who like are crazy and living in the desert they are actually people who were like developed a lot of issues um, health-wise because of the experimentation. So they really are not big fans of... So they're, like, deformed and... People who they blame it on.
0: Right. So they set an actual trap. Like, they set up a, like, strip of nails, basically, to puncture the car tires, which then sends them spinning out of control and crashes the car.
1: So I do think it's interesting because I think in, like, 2006, it was less scary to be like, oh, I mean, I just wouldn't do that. Like, I... Of course, I wouldn't take a shortcut that, like, someone told me not to take. Right. But if a guy
0: who lives out there says it.
1: But if you're just following directions, you're listening to the locals and all that, and, like, there's nothing in your control that is a part of this, like, that's Mm -hmm. a lot scarier now.
0: Yeah. Um, And so we kind of get to know the family. It's pretty much the same. They're very Republican, very Christian. Except for Doug, who is, like, the Jewish Democrat. Yes. (laughs) And he is made ruthless fun of by everyone else. They changed his last name from like Hill or something like that. I forget what it is in the first one, Um, but it's Bukowski in this one. Yes, it is Bukowski. So when they first call him Bukowski, I thought they were making fun of him. Like, I thought they were like, oh, you're a writer type, like Bukowski. You know, like he's some creative soft type, but no, that's his name. Yep. So I definitely thought they were making like a Charles Bukowski joke at first. Um,
1: And then pretty much for a lot of it, it's almost exactly the same. They do change the names of the characters, Pluto's the same, Ruby's the same, and Jupiter's the same. Yeah. But everyone else has a different name.
0: You do get a better scope of the number of people that they've killed um, because you see a bunch of... um, Body parts. Yeah, body parts um, and, like, IDs and stuff back at the gas station. And then when Doug goes out, you follow Doug in this one, which you don't really in the original, and he gets to an area that's just full of dead cars. And when he comes back, he's like, oh, I found all this cool stuff. I guess it's, like, a dumping ground or something. And you're like, no, 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 no. Those people are all super dead now. And, like, he misses, like, he doesn't walk all the way around a car, so he misses, like, blood stains all over one of the cars. So there's, like, little things that I think kind of build the tension a little bit better. Also, the
1: background of this is a lot creepier looking. So, like,
0: in, um...
1: In the original, it's filmed in like California, Nevada, somewhere like that, where there's still plants, but it's very deserty. In this, it, like honestly, in the original, it looks like driving around parts of L. A. In this, um, it just everything is like red rock, and yeah. It is very dry. It like you can tell just how hot it's supposed to be, yeah. And it just looks even more miserable because of that setting,
0: yeah. And um, you do learn more about them. You learn that there was a mine there. Which is alluded to in the first one, because they're going to go out and see the silver mine. In this one, they're a little bit more open about it. They're like, there was a mine. It was shut down. All these people work there. Now they don't have a place to live. And um, the town that they all lived in, they
1: were all basically said like, hey, you have to move. We're going to use this for testing. the people who didn't want to leave be- or because they couldn't leave, they went and they hid in the mine. But it wasn't enough to protect them. And so there were a lot of birth defects going
0: forward. And that's why a lot of the people in this are now deformed in some way or another. Right. So... You also don't get the link that uh, Fred is related to them. That is not established in this at all.
1: I don't think that's true in this. Yeah, I don't think Um, it is. I think that in this one, it's just he's like a friend or he's being threatened by them or something like that. Yeah,
0: it seems like he felt bad because there's a similar scene to when he goes back and he finds him trying to kill himself. um, Except for in this one, Fred actually does kill himself. He manages to blow his head off before. it seems
1: more like he just feels guilty because of all the people he's sent their way. Yeah,
0: but also he's like, well, it's no way for children to grow up out in the mines like someone had to take care of them. Yeah. So it's kind of like, almost like he was looking out for these people who live near him, but then he also knows that he did something terrible. He's like a more conflicted character, kind of. He is. I mean, I think that
1: all the characters in this have a lot more depth. Like Bob, I mean, while still kind of a jerk... Big Bob, like, he's a lot he's more He's not, like,
0: overtly racist, which is an improvement. That so That is that's nice. He also doesn't have a heart defect in this one.
1: He also doesn't, like, literally slam his foot down and go as fast as he possibly can through the desert and cause his family
0: no, to die. No, and said he just comments about how hot his wife used to be when she was a young hippie type, which is, like, endearing. It is. You know? Um, and now she's old and religious. Yeah, and they all pray, and it's very Christian. There's a lot of, like, aggressive American it's, visual stuff in, in and there's this a scene
1: one. where like Doug kills someone by stabbing an American flag through their throat. So yeah. you know. Um What else? The rape scene is a little bit more... It's longer. Yeah. It's even worse than in the original.
0: Yeah, I really did... I think that's the one thing that I didn't like about this. I felt like they really amped that up and they didn't need to.
1: Um, But I think the biggest difference is definitely the way the end is done.
0: Yeah, It is not 15
1: minutes of action, 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 kill, 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 kill. No.
0: What happens is that Doug goes out to get Catherine... and he is, he finds, like, a nuclear testing village, which yeah. is the town that I guess everybody used to live in, which is very creepy and an amazing setting for a horror it's movie. so cool. Yeah. Um, so he's out with Beast, who's still, like, a badass. Um, and its it's all, it's just this old village full of, like, mannequins. There's just fucking and mannequins everywhere. they're all wearing,
1: everywhere. like, clothes from, like, the 40s and 50s and stuff like that. So
0: he's, like, creeped the fuck out. Um, but he finds a house that he can hear, like, the TV on. So he sneaks in, and there's... He kills somebody, though, before that. He kills the, um... God, what is it? It's the guy with, like, the halo, the, like, the medical halo around his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, his first scene, he looks like he's going to be a big, tough badass or something, and then they immediately kill him. Yeah. And so they're, like, hiding for a second, and, like, he leaves Beast in a car, and he goes to explore this house on his own.
1: Yeah, and so um, there's, in this house, there's a woman watching, like, Divorce Court on the TV and, like, brushing a doll's hair, and... In a different... Or in the same room is Catherine. And so he actually sneaks in and grabs Catherine and is on his way out when uh, this woman surprises him and, like, hits him over the head. Yeah. And And he wakes up in a meat locker. It's so gross. It's really cool, It's actually
0: one of the coolest scenes in the movie. And he, like, freaks out, obviously.
1: And he manages to
0: break himself out. Yeah, which is impressive. He kicks the shit out of the lid. And he gets out. And he's wandering around. And he finds this guy... Named, I guess his name is Big Brain. Big but they Brain. Don't, you don't really get to know a lot of the characters' names no, exactly. Um,
1: apparently, there's a lot more lore established in a graphic novel that takes place before this. It's like the beginnings of the Hills Have Eyes.
0: There are also way more characters in this. A lot there's like more. so. There's
1: like five in the original, and, and there's, there's like a big sequel movie to this too, which yeah. I did not watch.
0: Which only makes it scarier, you
1: know? I was just overwhelmed by how much murder and
0: stuff was going on. I did not a need lot. to watch a third Hills Have Eyes movie yeah, in, like, no, three days. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, but so he meets this guy named Big Brain who goes on this, like, very long... He So he's confined to a wheelchair because his head is so large. Like, his brain is so abnormally large that he can't lift his head. Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Oh, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here." And he starts talking about how, like, "Oh, the government kills the mine, and the government drops these bombs on us." So, like, fuck that. Like, and he basically says, "Like, this is your
1: fault. Like, you did this to us, so we're gonna like get revenge on you." Oh
0: yeah, because that's the room with fucking Big Bob's dead body, dead fucking burnt up body sitting at the head of the table with an American flag rammed through its head. Yep, I forgot about that for a second. Yeah, it was
1: beautiful. Um, and then Pluto comes in, their version of Pluto. Yeah.
0: Who is a
1: very, very large, uh, honestly remind me kind of the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, definitely an influence. Um, and so he they attack and they fight each other and uh, he ends up stabbing the American flag through his throat. He yeah. also like spears a screwdriver through his foot or something like it that. It
0: is a wild ass, I loved that scene because they have like this fucking just brutal fight. And it they're like going intense. through walls together and fucking just destroying this whole house and finally at the end he's like down on the ground and you can tell he's had the shit kicked out of him Doug has and he's like I'm sorry I just don't kill my daughter don't kill and he's like oh no man he's gonna die he's gonna die and then he reaches out like with his last like he was kind of faking it and he like stabs the guy in the foot and he drops him and then he can kill him yeah very satisfying extremely enjoyable
1: and then, um... um oh, and he this, kills him with his axe. So he, he shoves yeah.
0: the American flag through Big Brain's head. Or through oh, Big throat, Brain's throat, throat I think. And yeah. then kills um, Pluto with the axe. You're right.
1: Yeah. And then, um, this version's... This movie's version of Mars does the whole thing where he takes the, uh baby and it turns out to be a pig again yeah and uh runs away his name is lizard in this yeah and there's a similar final encounter and ruby's protecting the it's baby. it's actually again. almost identical yeah yeah no like, rattlesnake this time no though.
0: rattlesnake um but shot for shot otherwise it's yeah. like the, they found like a corner that looks exactly like the caves that they were in in the original which
1: i i was impressed by and he um dug just as he does in the last one he wins the battle with ruby's help um, I don't remember exactly how Ruby helps. I just remembered that
0: Ruby helps. Yeah, I think she kind of, like, runs away and distracts him and stuff like that. Um, and then in the meantime, the the, the plan that they have um, back at the car is a little bit different. Basically, what they do is they lure um, Brenda and, and Bobby. They have a, a slightly different plan, and they lure one lure of the guys.
1: Jupiter. And um, what they're going to do is they get him to, like, attack them inside of the trailer Mm -hmm. and um, they lock the so that he attacks them like through a window and all that and they close that they climb out the other window and he thinks they're locked in there and so what he does is he opens the door but they've taped matches to the bottom of the door so it strikes when it opens they've set like a propane tank open so he opens the door the matches light the the propane that's in the air and the entire thing blows up including him
0: yeah and he actually does die that takes care of that Um, and so finally hooray Doug and Catherine and Beast show back up to celebrate, and they're so happy that they made it, and then it pans out, and you see that they're still in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there is a pair of binoculars watching them. Yep. So, they're fucked in this one. In the sequel, they're just fucked. That's all there is to it. Or in the remake, they're... At the end of it, they're no ambiguity. Fucked. I mean, I don't know. Less like, ambiguity,
1: I guess. I mean, they killed a lot of people. There's no reason why they couldn't continue killing people. I guess. Also, like, do they still want to go after these people who've killed a lot of them? Do they want to like let them go and like rebuild so they're prepared for the next group? I, I mean, guess. I was like,
0: I took this as a this isn't over for everyone, but it could be over for them. True. Hard to say, and hard to say how they would get away.
1: Yeah, I was thinking again the whole like walk back to the gas
0: station see if you can flag Probably down. something similar
1: and it's honestly not even like we get to really find out what happens to them in the next movie because the sequel to the 2006 version which came out in 2007 they made that sequel real quick
0: yeah they did not wait around they
1: did not um but it, it has an entirely different group of people so we don't even know if they made
0: it apparently there is like a comic so there when i was talking to one of my one of the guys who works in the same building as me uh, about this movie um he was like wow uh, that movie's really fucked up. I watched it, like, I don't want to give anything away, but something, like, really bad happens to a baby. And I was like, shit, that means they kill the baby. Because, like, I had, like, a general yeah. understanding. It was cannibals and all that stuff. I was like, fuck, they eat the baby in the sequel. So this whole time that I was watching the movie, I was like, in the remake, they kill the baby. They're going to eat the baby. They're going to eat them. And I was, like, readying myself because I was like, I'm not going to be shocked by it. I'm going to be ready for them to eat this baby. And then they didn't. But apparently there is a comic in which, almost immediately after that scene, Doug and Catherine are both killed
1: Oh no! So I think
0: that's what maybe he was thinking of. But I literally watched the whole movie, being like, "When did they kill it? When did they eat the baby? When did they eat the baby? When did they eat the baby?" <laughs> and they don't. And I was like, I was watching with Tim, and he was. I was like, I think they're gonna kill the baby in this one. He was like, "They're not. Why would they do that? They didn't kill the baby in the first one." I was like, "No, no." And I didn't want to spoil it because I didn't want to be like, "Oh, like this guy at work said that they killed the baby." I was almost disappointed when they didn't eat the baby, and I've never felt like a worse person in my life than being <laughs> like, oh, they didn't eat the baby. <laughs> oh, that's great. I just spent so much time psyching myself up for it. Okay. Oh, man. Apparently, in
1: um, The Hills Have Eyes 2, it's Papa Hades. Ooh, that's fun. Yep. Keeping with the Roman gods thing. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, they do establish there are a ton of other people. At there this are. Place. Like, you see children, you see, like, a whole community, basically. Alright, so, um, before we really get into our opinions and thoughts and all this other stuff, I do want to cite uh, the two main sources that we're going to be talking about or I guess that we use for what we're going to be talking about in this episode, which is Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film by which Carol J. Clover. you have actually cited a couple of times in past episodes I have. as well. Honestly, it's a great book about slashers. Um, I have mostly kind of cherry-picked. I haven't had the chance to sit down and read it cover to cover yet, um, but it's got a lot of really good stuff in it. I would definitely say check it out. And it also is cited in a lot of essays and stuff. It is a pretty important like text um, about horror movies. Uh, and then also um, the... I guess, essay, An Introduction to the American Horror Film by Robin Wood, uh, which is also very, very interesting. And um, I would recommend you check that one out as well. Um, So that said, let's get into the history of this. Yeah. So as we said, this was
1: made by Wes Craven, and he was just fresh off of making The Last House on the Left.
0: Which, talk about your rapey movies. I haven't actually seen it. I haven't either, but it apparently is very violent. Good to know. Kind of similar to to this. Sort of, and so he didn't want to make another horror movie. He wanted to do something no, else. No, yeah,
1: but no one wanted to hire him to make a non-horror
0: movie. He kind of went big on the first one, and I think it's kind of hard to walk that back. Yeah, I feel like the name Wes Craven just sounds Dude, like a horror right? like, name. Dude, name. Holy shit. It is such a, good, such a good horror director and writer name.
1: And so, yeah, he wanted just something slightly more sophisticated. Yeah,
0: so he wanted this to be more about, like humanity and, like, a lesson or, like, what people are like. He wanted it to be more of a statement than just a, a horror movie. Which I do
1: think it's interesting about that. And, like, um, yeah. again, the whole thing where, like, Fred says, like, oh, there's just a bunch of animals out there. I and mean, it's, right. like, literally his son. And he's the reason – I mean, his son, I guess, was kind of born evil, but he's also kind of the reason why his son continued to be evil. Like, he didn't seem like exactly. the best father. Yeah. Um, and so this was also kind of sort of maybe inspired by a true story. That's
0: the thing. And I think that we mentioned this um, – I think a little bit when we talked about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I don't know if we talked about it in depth, which is the Sonny Bean Clan. Um, yeah. I don't personally believe that this is as real of a story as some people present it as, because when you look at the numbers that they pitch, it's bananas. Well, maybe the numbers are off, but the yeah. story is
1: true. Maybe they ate, like, 200 people
0: it's and not 1,000 people. It's hard to say. That's the other thing. It's, like, it's Scottish lore. So basically what it is is it's this family, the Sawney Bean Clan, um, in Scotland, who would, like, lure travelers in and then kill them and eat them. And the legend is that they killed and ate, like, a thousand people. Yikes. Which, again, like, it's hard to say. There's not a ton of, like, hard evidence that they ever existed um, and that they may have been, like, more of an urban legend or something like that. I'm going to choose to believe it. All right, do that. They. Sounds like fun. You know what? Go for it. Honestly, weirder shit has happened. There was like a Wild West family who killed a bunch of people. So... Yeah, there there's
1: a ton of people who killed a ton of people. I mean, look at the Donner Party. They all ate their family
0: members who died. Like that was a bit more of extenuating circumstances than the Sonny Bean Clan. You don't
1: know what caused the first time they ate a person. In I the actually Sonny
0: Bean do. Clan. Oh, in the Sonny Bean Clan, I do know for the, I was Donner, party, to say, yes. the Donner Party. The Donner Party—that's like pretty well. No, established. I'm saying you don't know. Maybe it was also
1: like they were trapped in snow and someone died. and They're like,
0: let's eat this. They're like, oh, and they're I like, like, oh, like this. This is great. I love it. Let's
1: keep doing this. Yeah. You
0: Maybe. I don't actually know. Um, because, as previously mentioned, there is very little documentation to back it up. That's true. Um,
1: but I think that's interesting. He was felt insp- uh, Craven felt inspired by that story and he, made his own little version of yeah, it. Yeah.
0: And one of the things that was interesting to him about it is that when they were, um, like, arrested, I guess, when the whole family was arrested, they were, like, tortured and drawn and quartered and, like, hanged and burned and, like, all this really intense shit. Because obviously people were like, fuck these people. Yeah. <laughs> And he thought that that was kind of a mirror of the brutality that they had um, put out towards other people that was being reflected back on them. So it was like society was being brutal back to them.
1: Doug being pretty brutal towards Mars there. Exactly.
0: Not that it wasn't deserved, but, but like the good people are still just as capable of doing technically horrific shit to other people if the circumstances call for it. That was
1: kind of a theme of the Doctor Who episode I watched last night. So, really? Hey! All right. I feel like whenever the master shows up... Oh, yeah. That's always a theme. Really
0: morally ambiguous. Yep. Yeah. Um... So it was also obviously inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there are a lot of similarities between this and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, I mentioned just, like, the
1: physical size and shape of, like, Pluto. He's, like, a big, like, domineering presence in both movies.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of, like, the, I think he's the youngest son in both of them. Mm-hmm. And he's he the one who's ambiguous a- in the remake as to who's youngest, because there's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, um, and we, not all of them are family like they were in the original. Right. Um, but he's, like, the youngest in the family that's, like, a really brutal family. He's the one, like, carrying a lot. carrying out a lot of the dirty deeds, but he's not the
0: mastermind of it. Yeah. Um, It's that, like, south-southwest, like, weird, open desert, mm -hmm. strange vibe where, like, you're far away from everything else. There's this, like, strange family hunting you. Obviously, the cannibalism aspect is very similar.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre only came out three years before this, so it's pretty clear.
0: Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, like, kind of one of the big early ones that did this kind of shit. Like, it was one of the big, like, gory... I mean you know like we talked about when we watched that one like by our modern standards it's not that gory but, like for the time people were like what people get killed with a chainsaw like yeah. that's insane and imagine being the first person to think you know it'd be an interesting tool to use
1: to kill someone a chainsaw a fucking chainsaw
0: i feel like a chainsaw was invented and like a week later somebody probably got murdered with a chainsaw
1: or like accidentally killed maybe not murdered
0: true but it is a very aggressive instrument
1: But yeah, so definitely an inspiration here. They
0: actually offered a role in this to Gunnar Hansen, who's the guy who played Leatherface. Oh. But he moved to Maine to start his writing career instead. And so he passed on it. And then later he was like, fuck, I should have done
1: that. Probably would have made some good money. I mean, come on. Um, I also know earlier you told me that this was inspired by The Grapes of Wrath a little bit, which I haven't actually read. Yeah,
0: so it was inspired by the movie, John Ford's movie version of Mm -hmm. The Grapes of Wrath. um, I haven't seen that either. I have not seen, I've read The Grapes of Wrath, um, and it's very, like, you know, it's about a family leaving Oklahoma during the, like, Dust Bowl to go to California to get, like, their, um, like, their shot at, you know, a, a successful life, basically. And so it's that kind of similar concept of, like, this family going out West and, you know, coming across danger on the way, obviously the grapes of wrath is not a horror book and it's not, I haven't seen John Ford's adaptation, but he's like a Western director. So I kind of doubt that it's outright horror, but there are a lot of Western elements in this. There
1: are. Yeah. There's that
0: like caravan. There's like the sense of, there's a lot of guns. Guns become very important that. And there is this um,
1: visual theme within the cannibalistic family. Like the outfits that they're wearing in the original one like very much look like they're reminiscent of like a cross between like Native American outfits and like cave people outfits yeah
0: and it's interesting that you caught on to the you know that you really connected to the Native American aspect of it because that's something that I read about in Men, Women, and Chainsaws um, which is that the basically the family sort of serves the same purpose in this movie as the Native Americans tend to serve in a lot of western movies where they're Obviously, it's a very racist depiction uh, mm-hmm. in those movies. Um, but they're presented as, like, this threat that's going to find you when your wagon has broken down and you're out and you're on. Un- and they know the area and you don't know the area and they're going to come for you. And the things that Westerns depict Native Americans as doing to, like, Which white. Which are not
1: real things that they they're do. They're horrifying yes. and
0: not accurate. Um, but it kind of echoes that. And so I mean, it, it makes You literally have sense. Mercury wearing a feather headdress, right. too. Right. And it makes sense that if Wes Craven was watching a lot of Westerns, and if John Ford was like a director that he liked, it makes a lot of sense for that to kind of come across in that same way. So I get that. Um, And then obviously we have, aside from the Western thing, there's like a very, Wes Craven wanted the families to mirror each other. And I think that that's a really major part of this and what makes it so sort of scary. It's like the shadow version. Shitty patriarchs. Yeah, dude, the dad fucking sucks, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the original, um, the daughters, the youngest daughters, are great because like Brenda is the one who comes up with the plan to like kill Jupiter. Yeah. In the original, um, in the remake, for some reason, they decided to make it Bobby's idea. Yeah, or like seemingly so. Yeah, it's like
0: implied to have been Bobby's idea. Um, They don't let her do a whole lot.
1: No, they don't. I think that uh, the second one was actually worse in terms of like women. Yeah, that was weird, right? Yeah. You would
0: think by 2006 they would have like. We also
1: did completely cut out some of the gross stuff that happens in
0: uh yeah the remake.
1: Just-
0: yeah. It's gross. Honestly, the sexual assault stuff is like very disgusting in the remake. Yeah. Like it's bad in the original, but it's like mostly implied. It's not as implied in the remake and it's like very intense. Yeah. Um and
1: there's also like an assault towards uh Lynn as well. Yeah. Which isn't great.
0: No. But Craven wanted to sort of explore the two sides of humanity, which I think he does. Um and like you mentioned, like at the end of it, Doug becomes overly violent and kind of goes all overkill
1: i mean even like brenda and bobby like they set up a whole murderous trap yeah something i don't think they ever expected to do in their lives no
0: probably not they tie their mom to a their dead mom to a chair to kill someone else and then kill him with an axe
1: i mean even in both versions they completely blow up their trailer in order to kill this guy yeah so like they while they aren't actively like stabbing someone to the point of overkill what they are and they're still doing violent shit too very true
0: uh, also, fun fact: This was originally called "Blood Relations: The Sun Wars." Oh
1: God, uh, "The Hills Have Eyes" is such a better name. Oh my God,
0: right? Apparently, Wes Craven doesn't like the, the name "The Hills Have Eyes," but really? oh my God, "Blood it's Relations: so The Sun Wars." What the fuck is that? You can't put a colon in the first movie. No, you have to save that for a sequel. So it'd just be "Blood Relations,"
1: and that's blood also a kind of dope to...
0: name for this movie. That would have been fine. "Blood Relations." I don't know. It makes me think of like when women's periods sync up. <laughs> Oh, my God. It does hammer home the, the, the family aspect, though. That it does. And all the blood. He also wanted it to be set <laughs> in the future in New Jersey. So a big shout out to all of the people who kept him from doing both of those things. See,
1: I think what's really important to realize about a lot of um, very creative, talented directors is they really need someone to be like, this is a good idea. Maybe not this one. Like, they need their editors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most of them really do. Although this was also edited by him.
1: I don't mean like editors. They just from, need someone like, to film. literally edit their I thoughts. I was thinking more of like a book editor. Yeah. They need like, like a manager. It. Someone be like, maybe not. Someone. Cause like, that's the whole theory about like George Lucas is that like. His he... wife was the editor. Yeah. And she saved it. For the first couple of movies. And then like the reason why the prequels weren't good was because they just like gave him free reign. And he divorced her. Also that. Yes.
0: Yeah. And so she wasn't there to be like, I'm just going to get rid of this character because he's terrible. Yeah. So it all stayed in the picture. Um, but they did shoot this in Victorville, California, um, which is why, like you mentioned, it looks like parts of L.A. Because it's not that far from L.A. It's
1: not. And, like, I mean, L.A. is a desert. Yeah. You see the same types of plants. And there's. I was just surprised by how much greenery there was. Yeah.
0: There's, I mean, I guess it's like, so it's in the Mojave Desert. But, like, you, you see more, the yeah. Mojave. I think a lot of people are surprised by how green deserts tend to be.
1: Yeah. Um, a lot more green than the Moroccan desert.
0: True. And there's, um, yeah, I thought it, I kind of thought that it was going to have been shot in uh, Joshua Tree, and I think it's just because there's like 10,000 Joshua Trees in the first movie, or in the original movie. Yeah. Um, Including the one I they burned, which is kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. I wonder if that was like a fake or something. I hope so. I hope so, too. Maybe people didn't know that they were going to be super rare. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not in the 70s.
0: So as I mentioned, that was really dangerous for Michael Berryman because he does have a condition that does not include sweat glands. So they had to, like, make sure he was safe. There were a lot of dangerous conditions because it got down, like, super, super cold at night, which is when they shot a lot of stuff. And then during the day, it was, like, unbelievably hot. So basically everyone was just having a terrible time all the time.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah.
0: The whole crew or the whole cast did all of their own makeup.
1: That's pretty impressive. It is. Oh, 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 you know what I did learn is in the remake. Um, The guy who plays, like, the neck brace person is actually the makeup artist. Yes! Isn't that awesome? That's super cool. That's
0: fun. None of that. Well, I guess technically they all, all of the makeup artists had cameos by nature of them being the people in the movie who had to do all of the work themselves. (laughs) Um, And as we discussed, that dog carcass situation is fucked up, and I don't like it. Um, in terms of reaction, uh, it got mixed ratings. Uh, people thought it was really gory, and honestly, they had to cut out a bunch of Fred's death, like his murder, because it was originally rated X. Yeah, which we, NC-17 didn't exist then.
1: Right. Um, so it would have gotten an NC-17 likely. Because um, there still is an X that exists above NC-17, I believe. Just it's a very, very, very
0: rare. It's basically like porn. Yeah. Um, I just think it's so funny that people were like, this is so gory. And honestly, like... It's not that bad. Not by modern standards. And it makes me feel like a monster every time I think that. Where I'm like, oh, come on. You don't even see anybody's head get blown off. It's like, what's wrong with me now? <laughs> what has become of us? Oh, this podcast has ruined us, Maggie. Oh, I know. But I mean, I feel like in general, we're like it now. You know, we're, we're just, we're this like who this we are. now. Like people, like as a culture, we can take so much more horrible shit. Like if something like this came out now nobody would be like, oh, it's so gory. People would be like, wow, what a throwback to the 70s before things got super gory, you know? Yep. Like, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't connect I mean, the same way. I you still
1: have, like, really good non-gory movies. I mean, like, Get Out, which we did earlier. Yeah. It like, has very, like, there's a
0: little bit of blood later on in the movie, but, like, for the most part, it's not gory at all. It's very psychological. That's true. And honestly, I think one of the things that the remake, one of the reasons that the remake can be so much more gory is because we've come so far in terms of, like, for one thing, budget that these movies can have. That's true. When you have a tiny budget, you can't afford to do anything that looks good. And also prosthetics and makeup, like because in in the remake everyone is deformed, right? So you have all of that insane shit that you and have to put on people's heads. And a lot of that was
1: done in uh, editing too. Yeah, like
0: I think her face was adjusted in editing I because think so. her her face looks like her eye is too far over. I don't think you could do that with prosthetics. No, um, I don't think so either. So, like, I think that's honestly part of it is that we can just see so much more. Like, they didn't necessarily have the ability to make someone's head being blown off look real.
1: I mean, they actually had to make um, changes like that in the... Because you talk about how, like, we had to edit, they had to reduce some parts of it in order to get the R rating. I think they had to actually do that again in the new version, which is why you have, like, the unrated version. Yeah. And a lot of the differences is just, like, the length of scenes. Right. So, for example... Um, during the scene where I think it's a lizard in the remake rips like the head off of the parakeet and drinks the blood like they just linger on that more God, that's and so gross. there's just like a lot of like lingering shots that are like they're a little bit longer than comfortable in the remake and that's what makes it unrated as opposed to not unrated interesting because I looked at the difference because I was like I don't really feel like watching the unrated version because how much worse can this actually get dude for real but also I just wanted to know the difference so I looked up one of those websites and a lot of those differences are just the length of shots
0: okay that's a weird. That's strange. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, huh?
1: Unlike uh, when we accidentally watched the unrated version of Stay Alive, and there's just an entire subplot. <laughs> that's like that's a different movie. In. It's like
0: a whole different movie. <laughs> Whatever. Not important. I'm always so confused. Confused. Um Yeah, and so obviously, like like we said, while it might not have seemed shocking at the time, like this combined with a movie like Texas Chainsaw Massacre totally changed what horror was. Yeah. Like. And obviously we see, like, a literal, like, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects It pulls that, like, cannibal family. Like, that became sort of a trope, and you see it, like we talked about when we talked about Texas Chainsaw, you see it in that X-Files episode. I mean, episode. even in,
1: uh, Cabin in the Woods, you have, like, the yeah. hillbilly redneck family exactly that is, like, killing people and cannibalistic. And I think there were zombies in that one, so it makes sense. They're trying to eat people, but, like, same thing. Yeah. In terms of the eating people, both zombies and,
0: uh... The hills have eyes Valley like, eat people. They do. For different reasons, but they still do. Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting to me because when I was reading the Robin Wood uh, introduction to the American horror film, one of the things they talk about is, like, basically a lot of things that are established in these movies sort of become major motifs in horror. One of them is the cannibalism thing. So you see something like that in, like, Night of the Living Dead, which came out, you know, a little bit less than a decade before this. Um You see it in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hills Have Eyes. So you sort of see that happening. Um, And it's sort of the idea of horror becoming American happens around this time. Um, You have strong commentary on capitalism, which is actually more relevant to the remake than the original of this one. Like in this one, they need to eat people because they're broke and they don't have a way to make a living. You know, like, they can't eat any other way. But in the remake, it's like, we are here because the government fucked us over and took away our jobs. And now we're, you know, deformed mutants living in mines. Um, and then in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you kind of see something similar where it's like, the family is displaced because the slaughterhouse that they were working in closed. And so they kind of take it out on, like, these mainline people. Like, they even mentioned in the movie that, like, one of the girls' family used to send their... Uh, livestock there to be slaughtered or something Something like like that that, so it's she's like a representation of like the problem like the people who went away and left them there and then in the remake of The Hills Have Eyes they're literally like you did this it's you it's your fault
1: even though they're doing it to Doug who is like the most like yeah. democratic, like, didn't want to touch a gun type person. Right. Um, He's,
0: like, the least America America type. for them, like, people who aren't like them are the reason why this happened. Exactly. Like, they were devoured by the system, and so they're now devouring people that they consider to be part of that system, which I think is really interesting. Um, and there's also, like, that comparison between, like, what is normal civilization and, like, what being out in the wild, like, makes you into. Yeah. And he talks a lot in his essay about and I think that this might be a little bit too lengthy to get into in great detail, but, like, repression and, like, what you have to repress to be a part of, like, good American culture, which is, like, your violence and your sexuality, all of that stuff has to be, like, pushed down or, like, put out through certain things, which are, like, firing your guns with the boys or being a police officer, and you can, like, have a little bit more of, like, an outlet to, like, some kind of violence there if you're the fucked up dad in this movie. Or, like, the constraints of marriage, like, the the couple who are, like, married and having sex in the car. And so there are, like, ways that you can express that, but you still have to kind of repress it. Whereas, like, the Mirror family, who have all those same impulses but are not restricting them in any way, have, like, become the other and, like, the villain of the story, you know? Yeah. So it's sort of, like, you have these characters who represent America and, like, what is a good American family. And then, like, the total opposite of that is, like, these fucking lunatics out in the hills who just want to like eat people and like murder guys and like sexually assault women.
1: I do also think it's interesting because like in the original even though they are mirror images of each other you're not really supposed to like either group. Yeah. So it's not so you have like one extreme and you have the other extreme and both groups are like really unlikable and really like Doug who's the one that's like not really like either end is probably the most likable person in the family.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's still... They do really make them so much more likable in the remake. They do. I think they had to
1: because, again, like, in the 70s when you saw these movies, like, it was always the whole idea of the girl who had sex and then died because of it. Right. Like people needed to be punished. That's what people wanted to see in these movies Or people who did bad things and they got punished by being murdered horribly. And that's not what people wanted to see in the 2000s anymore. They wanted to see people who it wasn't their fault because it's a lot scarier.
0: Yeah. And it's almost like that thing of like, you have the shitty city people, right. Who are like snobby and think they're better than like, they think they know how to explore the wilderness better than, the guy who fucking lives out there, and they know where they're gonna go, and they know what they're gonna do, and, like, the dad's a shitty racist. Yeah. And, like, the mom's a weird Christian who's obsessed with snakes. And it's, like, all this weird shit, and you're like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: That uh, The whole obsession with snakes fits into that whole repression thing, too. Mm, hey. Freud,
0: repress your sexuality. But, like, they cite Freud. Like, they're the fucking urbane, yeah. like, well-educated. Going
1: to Los Angeles, the city of movie stars and cars. Yeah,
0: and on the other hand, you have these, like, feral people who don't have real names and, like, don't know how to talk in full sentences. And like, have dirt all over their bodies and, and just wearing, really, like bones and shit. Yeah, and wanna eat a baby really badly. Like, they're the total opposite, and they're both like, God, I don't like either of you. No, not at all. I'm fine if you just both wipe each other out. Leave Doug and the baby. They yeah. seem like they're gonna be okay. I didn't
1: mind Brenda so much.
0: Nah, she was alright. She screamed a lot. Dude, she did. She reminded me of the sister in. Um... Night of the Living Dead, where, like, something bad happens to her and you're like, she's gonna rebound from this and come back stronger, and instead she just, like, screams for most of the movie. Well, except she did come back, and she does come back a
1: little bit better. Um, It's funny, because Paul walked in, he's like, I just heard, like, a lot of screaming. <laughs> I was like,
0: Yup, that's Brenda. That's the movie. <laughs> and another thing that kind of ties into, like, the Western thing is, like, literally this being set in America, right? So, like, before, like, the 60s or 70s, a lot of horror was set in, like, Europe, or, like, when you see movies like Dracula, when we watched Frankenstein, it's like a vague, you know, French or German or somewhere, Switzerland. Like, they're kind of all over Europe, and, like, it's all very impressionistic, and, like, horror is more of a state of mind. And these are some of the first movies that start to bring America into, that, like, horror comes to America.
1: I think every, like, decade or so, maybe a little bit longer than a decade, you see horror getting closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So you have something like... Um, yeah, like you said, the Frankenstein and the Dracula, and that's far away. And okay, right. after a while, it's like, oh, but that's far away, so that's not so scary. I'm like, okay, what if you bring it closer? So you bring it to the U.S. Yeah, and you have that. And you're like, okay, that's not so scary. What if it's in your house? Yeah, and then you have like, okay, well, they still did bad things to deserve it. What if it's a real person like me that doesn't do anything to mm-hmm. deserve it? Because of course you never think that. Right. And like, okay, well now I'm used to that. What if it now is really bloody? So like every time it's like, okay, like we get used to a certain kind of horror. We got used to seeing monsters that were far away. Then we got used to seeing. People being murdered but they weren't being murdered at home as long as you stay home you're safe then even if you stay home you aren't safe it's like oh as long as you aren't like living a sinful life you're fine then you have like scream yeah in which like sydney is pretty much like a lot of those people really don't do bad things right get murdered anyway and now you see like okay we're gonna have all those same things and everything we've built on in the past but now it's gonna be horrifically violent on top of all of that yeah i feel like actually now in the like late 2010s Um, We're seeing a lot more stuff told from the villain's perspective, which is super interesting because like we're used to all of this and we're not being shocked anymore. And so being able to understand where they're coming from. I think that's honestly why things like the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix are so popular right now is it's not like this nameless monster or this thing that you don't understand. What's scary now is understanding, like, the reasons why they did it and how it kind of makes sense. And that's – well, it doesn't make sense, but, like – you can, It makes sense to them. It it's makes like, sense to yeah. them. And you being able to see that and be like, oh, my God, that's so
0: creepy. Yeah. And, like, what is going to be the next step, I don't know, in, like, ten years from now, what is horror going to be? It is really interesting. And it's, like, there are these super fine gradations of it. Like, you even look in, like, the 40s with movies like The Cat People or something. Like, where it still takes place in America, but it's, like, a foreign person coming over. Or something like The Omen where it's an American family that this, like, foreign – person comes into it's a child they adopt from europe and it's literally satan like it's those little ways that you're right they sort of adjust to make it like well if you don't go to switzerland you're not going to see frankenstein but you know if you adopt a baby it could be the devil or if you go on a long road trip you could get murdered and you're right it's it's trying to make it
1: more was also one of the reasons why like rosemary's baby when it came out was so shocking it's like they just literally moved into an apartment yeah that's all they did
0: yeah And it just happened. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's your baby.
1: And then it turns out like your husband was on their side the entire time. And like you can't even be safe with the person who you should trust the most. Yeah. So it's fascinating just how horror develops over time and how it like reflects the fears of society. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a whole shit ton of AI
0: uh, scary movies. I think that's probably going to happen. I mean like what you were talking about with um, Chucky. Yeah. Yeah. Is that now he's an AI because that's what people are afraid of. People don't. No one's afraid of curses and serial killer ghosts and shit like that anymore. hmm You know.
1: Though apparently uh, the movie Veronica, which is on Netflix, is supposed to be fucking terrifying. Oh,
0: I've heard good shit about that, but it's I have not been brave enough to check it out about, yet. It's not
1: like a Ouija board possession type thing. It's supposed to be one of the Ooh. scariest movies on Netflix, according to articles I read online. I haven't
0: watched it yet. Okay. We'll have to watch it. I'll we'll have to check it out. I love a scary movie. Me too. Um, so, yeah, so what did you think? Um,
1: I thought both movies were enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I thought the remake was a lot better. I wasn't a big fan of the sexual assault, either of them, though one was much worse than the other. Um, I thought it was an enjoyable movie overall, though.
0: Yeah. So, that's
1: where I'm at. I don't know. It's a horror movie. It is a
0: very violent movie. It is. Um, I was impressed by how true it stayed to the original, and I guess that makes sense because, like, it was Wes Craven's idea to make the remake. Yeah. Like, that's something I didn't know before I started. Obviously, I didn't even know who fucking directed this movie. Something
1: I meant to bring up earlier that I didn't um, about the idea of it being a remake is the idea of still including that sexual assault in the remake. I remember when the new Evil Dead movie came out, um, they included the tree rape scene again. Ugh. And I never saw the 2013 Evil Dead. Um, I did hear it was like a lot grosser. And also the Red Band trailer was real gross. And so mm. I didn't uh, watch it based on that. But it's funny because the director had actually come out and said that he regretted having that scene in the movie and he wished he hadn't done it because he knew just how, like, unnecessarily, unnecessary and gross it was. But then they just did it again anyway. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a shock value or what it is, but it's just like, I don't know. And it also, I think we were talking about the fact that it feels weird that we are so much more upset about that than literally seeing, like,
0: heads blown off and stuff like that. And I think it's because it just hits closer to home. I guess. And that's the thing is that, like, honestly... It's not unrealistic to assume that like a band of wild feral people would rape someone. Especially
1: like they don't have any women in their family or they're who not aren't, like
0: related to. And yeah. so if they
1: want to like continue the family line or something like that, I can get the idea for the original one and kind of for the second one, not as much.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like a sign of brutality. I think it's just like we've seen that as a sign of brutality so much. Yeah. And it just feels so much more, like, anyone can get their head blown off, right? But they they were never going to, like, rape the dad, mm-hmm. you know? It's such a gendered thing. And again, I get it. Like, I, I know... It happens to Kate. Like,
1: I know that's actually in the very first episode of American Horror Story Hotel. It's a man who is right. raped. And yeah. I, I still felt uncomfortable after watching that episode. And I was like, I don't really feel like watching
0: this season because of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, it's weird to have, like, a line in the sand like that. Because it's like, why is that necessarily worse than a guy getting his body crucified on a Joshua tree and then lit
1: on fire. Or, like, even watching, like, when I was trying to watch Saw 2 or 3 or whatever and someone's literally cut open with a a saw and has, like, their guts spill out. But, like, I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe it is that thing that, like, you don't really worry that you're going to be tied to a Joshua tree and lit on fire. That's, like, not something that you really think about.
1: But, I mean, as women, we always have to be worried
0: about. Yeah. (laughs) It is strange, you know? And, again, it's like I know... That that's going to show up. I know there's a lot of different kinds of brutality that show up in horror. And I'm not I saying that, like... I that horror is supposed to be
1: realistic and, like, depict horrifying things. And it is something that's horrifying. So I don't think it's something that necessarily needs to be 100% off limits all
0: the time. Right.
1: But it does make me feel a lot more uncomfortable and make me, like, less of a fan of it if it happens.
0: Yeah. And it's also... I think that the way that it's shot is part of it, too. Like, it didn't bother me as much in the first one. Because it's, like, it's horrible, but they didn't... I didn't feel like they, like... Relished in shooting it and
1: like rub it in your face. Like he
0: fucking sniffs his fingers in the second one. That was fucking ugh. gross. Like I, ugh. I like yeah. I don't know. That felt unnecessary to me. And like there was those close up shots of him like opening her legs and stuff. Like I don't. It just felt like too much. Yeah. And again, you know, it sounds crazy to say that in comparison to everything else that happens, but that's you know that's how I read it and that's how I feel about that's it. That's how I
1: feel. I mean, I think our the way we feel is perfectly valid. I mean, there's some people who hate watching any horror movies that are paranormal. True. There's some people who hate any blood, and yeah. that can just be what we hate.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't think you're a bad person if you like The Hills Have Eyes. I liked it for the most part. I just I like couldn't really get part. with that one part. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, wouldn't yeah. have mind if they changed that in the uh, remake.
0: Yeah, but I did think it was a great remake. It was I'm glad a that they really added. The, I'm really happy that they added the uh, nuclear vis- uh nuclear testing village. Section. I thought that
1: added a lot of depth to the story. Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot more cohesive. It made sense. It wasn't just like, this
0: person was born evil. It's like It was no, also has a motive. creepy as fuck. It was super Oh creepy. my god, it was so good. Yeah. Um, all right, so what are we doing next?
1: Yeah, so next we're going to be going with a foreign movie, an actual foreign movie this time. <laughs> yes, not made in the US. No, um, but we're going to be watching The Orphanage. Which is a Spanish movie,
0: and it is so good.
1: Paranormal Spookiness.
0: Yes, have you seen it before? I have not. I have, and it is... Amazing. Okay. Awesome. It's I've. I
1: try and actually throw movies on here that I have not seen as much as I can. I think that's wise because um I think it's good to kind of get the first initial gut feeling over it. I mean obviously there are movies that I love like I love the Blair Witch Project. Right. I love. Or, I used to love The Grudge, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Though it was really fun watching it again, honestly. Yeah. Um, So, there are movies I enjoy. It was pretty good. You know? Oh, I just like, I mean, I loved it when I was like a teenager and I watched it a lot. That was the first time I'd watched it in years, though. Yeah. Um, But being able to experience new movies and kind
0: of share them with all of you lovely listeners is kind of a cool experience. It is. And I like it a lot. And I'm excited. It's been a while since I've seen The Orphanage, and I know that I'm not going to have it 100% fresh in my brain. So, hopefully, I'll be able to come to it with fresh eyes.
1: But anyway, um, until then, enjoy your scary stories and your scary movies.
0: Yeah, make sure uh, to just follow the map um, and don't take anyone's advice. Stick to main roads. Yeah, never a shortcut. A shortcut's never good. Shortcuts are where the murderers get you. A shortcut is a shortcut to the afterlife. There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, So with that in mind, have a good couple of weeks. We'll talk to you soon. And um, I truly mean it. Please drive safe. Bye. <laughs>